Welcome, everybody, to the American Space Museum. I'm Mark Marquette, and we're so glad you're with us to stay curious. And we're in Bandyland today for Stay Curious, a beautiful United Launch Alliance rocket headed to space with a top secret military uh, uh, mission up there. We're adjusting my microphone here. We got Marty Winkle, my cameraman, co producer, been with me on this journey since the beginning back in 20. March 2020. And of course, Jessica Galloway, she's running the control board today. We got a couple little complicated things to do, throw a couple videos in there for you. As we look back on Vandenberg Air Force Base, why? Because on this date in 1966, they broke their record of 123 launches in one year from Vandenberg. And uh, that's quite a lot, two a day, you kidding me? And a lot of those were uh, Pershing rockets and, and uh, Vanguard rockets that were built to protect America's uh, borders. And, and uh, this is a space coast on the west where these rockets were pointing towards China and over Russia and all that stuff. So uh, even though we don't talk about the Cold War much anymore, you better believe it. There's still a lot of missiles pointing to everybody uh, every day. And Vandenberg is one of the places where a lot of top secret missions were launched. Jessica grew, uh, uh, lived there, was on her on the base working there. She's going to chime in a few times here about with some pictures she brought, because this is not like looking at a launch at Kennedy Space Center or, or Cape Canaveral, where you can go to the beach or or uh, over here at our beautiful Space View Park in Titusville. No, uh, it's the, the launch complexes are hidden by behind hills and you just it's just not apparent you can drive right by it so do, stick with us here on stay curious learn some things that i have learned about vander van vanderbilt vandenberg. vandenberg and uh and uh, be kind to me because uh our research assistant uh, didn't have time to dig into all what launches we're going to look at and stuff like that because that's me marty uh, and uh, as this show evolved, uh, it, it'll always get better. So we'll be talking about Vandenberg many more times. And we have before about it being the base that the shuttle Discovery was going to be launched from with top secret Department of Defense payloads. And our beloved chairman of the board, Charlie Mars, I call him our godfather, been involved with this museum over 20 years, nurturing it to where it is. Charlie, he was over this development of Slick Six, they called it, at Vandenberg. And I've got an awesome photo to show you of the whole complex with a space shuttle on Slick Six. So stay tuned for a great issue of Stay Curious here. Let's kick it off, though, with a couple uh, birthdays. Uh, and today's uh, birthdays, we got two birthdays and a sad shuttle death to note. So... Stick with us on that, and it's happy birthday. This is Nancy Curie. Okay, Nancy Curie Gregg is her name now. She's 61. I mean, happy 63rd birthday uh, to Nancy today. She was a four-time shuttle flyer, born in Wilmington, Delaware, but considers Troy, Ohio to be her hometown. And I have friends in Troy, Ohio, having grown up uh, about an hour and a half north in Finley. Troy, Ohio is near Cincinnati. And uh, she's an what became an expert at the 50-foot robotic shuttle arm. She served in the Army for over 22 years, holding the rank of colonel. And yes, she did go to the Buckeye Ohio State University, a 1980 graduate. 
in STS-57, 70, 88, and 109 were her missions, accruing 41 days in space. That 109, of course, the, the uh, Hubble fourth repair upgrade mission. She also visited, uh, uh, she was on STS-88 with Bob Cabana and Sergey Krikalov turning on the lights on our, on our space station in 1998. And uh, so she had quite a great, great uh, career there. Uh, happy 63rd birthday to Nancy Curie Gregg. And our other birthday today is the familiar name to many of you, maybe Butch Wilmer. Happy 59th birthday to Butch, born December 29th, 1962 in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. But he was raised in Mount Juliet. So he's a Tennessee boy. Yes, he did go to the University of Tennessee. Uh, aviation, he got his master's there in aviation. He went to Tennessee Tech and studied electrical engineering, was on the football team there. But if you don't, he spent 178 days in space in four spacewalks. He was pilot of STS-29 in 2009, and then he flew to the International Space Station on for a six-month stay on a Soyuz rocket. Of course, in 2009, there were hints that their shuttle program was going to end, and uh, or he would have been a pilot again and probably a commander. Uh, he is... Um, a Navy test pilot, he participated in the development of the T-45 Ghost Shark trainer jet. And uh, one, But what is he doing now? Well, Wilmer is going to be the commander of the crewed Starliner of Boeing whenever it gets launched. Now, Boeing still has to fly two uncrewed Starliners to the space station. And those work out right. He will be the commander with, uh, I think, three other participants going uh, on the, the first inaugural crewed flight of a Boeing uh, Starliner. And I don't know if that's going to happen a year from now. That, that's optimistic, probably early 2023, okay? But we need to get these private companies in, our, in their spacecraft uh, flying regular missions to the space station so we can chart a new destiny for what America is going to do in space in near space orbit, as well as go back to the moon. So on a sad note, we announced, as you probably have heard, if you're a space geek and we were under no illusions, we're giving you breaking news here, but we've got to acknowledge that astronaut Cliff, uh, Richard Clifford <clears throat> has died at age 69 of Parkinson's disease, way too young at age 69. Uh, he, uh, he was on uh, three space shuttle missions, serving 27 days in space, uh, he considered Ogden, Utah, his hometown, all right, uh, though he was born in San Bernardino, California, on October 13th, 52. And we celebrate his birthday, gang. Just a, uh, uh, remember, we were talking about the astronaut that flew with Parkinson's disease and didn't tell NASA that until after his third space flight. Uh, this is all well known. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in 94. And uh, he flew two missions after that. Uh, uh, and then uh, there is a documentary on his struggle with the disease uh, that was done in late 2011. And he became a very visible advocate of Parkinson's disease. What a horrible thing to have. Uh, West Point and Georgia Tech graduates. So God bless uh, Michael Rich Clifford, uh, who has passed away at age 69, a mission specialist on three shuttle flights, and uh, uh, he will be missed, and we, we, we send our condolences to his family and friends and the whole NASA community. 
Well, Vandenberg Air Force Base behind me here. And Space Force I, Base. Space Force Base. Thank you for the correction. Man, before Marty corrected me. Oh, man. Geez, she's really getting in the groove there, Marty. Usually Marty's on top of that. And I need him. I need both of them. This is a team effort here, not just with the three of us, but our whole team here at the American Space Museum because we want it to be a good experience to be shared around the world, like Robert Law's watching on his big 200-foot screen TV, probably, in his bedroom. And we've got Dean Salswittle in New Zealand, the UCAC brothers in Lancaster, snow on the ground, Tom messaged me the other day, Marty. So uh, we're glad of that for you, okay, because I hid some golf balls before I came on the set today, just to loosen up a little bit. And uh, typical nice Florida weather today. But here is Vandenberg Air Force Space Force Base, which has, since the late the early 60s has been the site where we've launched probably more top secret missions than any. And like I said, we're going to see some of the rockets that launched from there. But the 6, 4, 3, and 2, those are the, the launch pad numbers that they called uh, SLC, Space Launch Complex. Slick for short, all right. Jessica, you you roamed these grounds over there, and and uh, she had a wild mild migraine this morning, and we we got together late, and that's why I'm not putting her beautiful face on camera here because she don't feel up to it so much. Uh, though she's got a, a delightful nose ring in today, guys. So <laughs> God bless you, uh, Jessica. How many years were you out there, hon? We were there for four. Four years, and she calls the launches out there wildly different than here on the Space Coast because it's in the mountains. There's no obvious sights to see, and she's got some uh, kind of tourist photos here for me where it's easy to drive by it. Uh, it's just not apparent where you see it up and down the coast here on on, on Route 1, of course, and then you over. You can see the river. You can see the launch. Yeah. Not so much in Vandenberg. So, and you'll see why here when we see a few launches hidden behind the hills. There's also a fog going on. Here is a gorgeous launch of a military satellite. Very recently, I apologize for not pulling the uh, information on that. And uh, uh, please forgive the copyright there for us here at our beautiful nonprofit. But there's an old school shot, not so old school. <clears throat> this is a... Minuteman nuclear missile launch with, of course, a nuclear missile that wasn't a real one uh, in 1981. And, uh, but on this date in 1966, December 29th, Vandenberg launched its 123rd launch of the year. 123 launches in a year. There's 365 days. Okay. Two, uh, so, uh, man, you know, every three days almost was a launch. Uh, and it was a uh, Atlas, uh, it was a Thor, Agena D uh, space booster combination. Uh, probably had a sounding rocket on it because it doesn't sound like that would, uh, could go to orbit. This annual launch record remained unbroken uh, in 1996, okay? And Marty and I have been trying to research a little bit, is that still intact? But 123 launches in Vandenberg in one year. In 1966, the height of the Cold War with Soviet Union and keeping our eye on China and other adversaries. So it makes sense that they were putting up a lot of uh, military spy satellites, sounding rockets, and a lot of technology going on there. Just as active as here at Cape Canaveral Space Force in the 60s. But again, a lot of stuff is behind the, the mountains. And here's another rocket of a Minuteman 
rocket. In uh, this in the fog. Note in the background there. And Jessica, who lived there five years, is telling me that this fog in the widely different environment where so many launches were not advertised. I guess you'd just be driving down the road and all of a sudden you see a rocket fly up there. You right? don't get the text alert. You, you don't know. get text alerts. Like, yeah, we always get an alert that, that the, the uh, uh, emergency uh, uh, system here in Brevard County has locked down their, their system and stuff. So you don't get any of that, huh? Because it's all <laughs> behind the gate. Everything Everything's behind the gate. You're going to see a gate here in a minute. But we wanted to thank all of you watching us on or listening to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we're trying to be more descriptive than ever as we have here a rocket launched with a big old orange plume. It, uh, so it looks like a solid rocket uh, makes that much uh, dirty uh, uh, rocket exhaust with a beautiful background of the bay there and looks like a surfer's uh, uh, paradise over there behind the rocket uh, as the as the pacific ocean gently rolls into the the banks of uh, vandenberg uh, space force base there so uh but we thank people on spotify and apple this is new to us please tell your friends to like us and if you want to see our pretty faces go to facebook live youtube and twitch and twitch is a gaming platform uh, that's quite popular, and we love you people liking us, sharing us, following us, and subscribing to us on all these platforms. It's so important to our nonprofit that for 20 years has been preserving the birth of America's space age right here in what we call the delivery room, Bavard County. And that's what the American Space Museum is all about, is preserving these artifacts that you can see 60 years later, many of these artifacts from the birth of our space age. And we want them to be seen in 160 years, just like Civil War objects are being seen today, so that people can enjoy where it all started. Because in 100 years, Marty, your great-grandkids will have great-grandkids, maybe, and be going to the moon for a vacation. I got no doubt that tour space tourism will be going on for Jessica's great-grandkids, uh, if that ever happens. Uh, too bad if it's not. But, I'll be uh, mad if it's not. That's our little plug for our museum to all of you listening to us for the first time on Spotify and Apple. Uh, so important to our nonprofit, which uh, uh, we, the Space American Space Museum is the arm of the U.S. Space Walk of Fame Foundation, founded in 1999 to build a beautiful park with 30 handprints of astronauts in bronze over there. The only place in the world you can lay your hands on Neil Armstrong's Buzz Aldrin's, Gene Cernan, all of them are there. Those that aren't there, we've got beautiful busts of their faces uh, because uh, some of them that died before 1999, we, we still acknowledge Gus Grissom and Ed White. Uh, so uh, anyway, there is another fog shot. All of this uh, uh, Vandenberg Air Force Base being undercover, the, the, the launch pads being broken up in between mountains, and the fog led to, uh, Jessica says, a lot of conspiracy theories, uh, uh, weird uh, public, uh, and, and people on Facebook making weird things and so forth. Uh, but it's just fog. That's the United Launch Alliance uh, 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 rocket bay there. And Jessica, these are your tourist shots there that she shows the, the uh, are these the San Bernardino Mountains? No, nah, it's just the Lompoc. And, and uh, Vandenberg is uh, right middle of uh, San Francisco to the north and Los Angeles to the south nice. in a little piece of, of California that juts out into the Pacific Ocean, just like 
the Space Coast here juts out in the Atlantic Ocean. And you took that from your car, huh? Yep. So you can see some of the structure there of the launches, but... Only if you get past the gate. Oh, this you're was, past the gate. All right. This yeah, was right. on my this way is... to a, a squadron function that was at the lake house, the, okay. the, the ocean side. And what was your job there, Jessica? I worked in the force support squadron marketing department. She was in the, the, the support marketing department there, which makes sense. And that's why she's such a good marketer. Because your taxpayers help pay her to learn all this yeah. stuff. So we love it. All right. Uh, and there, there, like I said, there's the, the Pacific Ocean. You're just driving down the road. And if you blink your eyes, you pass it, huh? One side of the road had the, the facilities on it, which was the previous slide. And then this side of the road has that planed off uh, cliff side. Oh, yeah. Look there to the right. You got your, your arrow there. That's the planed off cliff side. Yeah, all right yeah over there to the right and why did they have to plane off the side of the road well guess what they they were going to launch the space shuttle from there perfect segue there is slick six they call it launch pad six slick six is right there and that is enterprise on and the whole complex that our beloved charlie mars was the overseer of this billion-dollar project that never happened. He's the guy behind the, <laughs> behind the scenes. Charlie certainly was. He was pulled from uh, what was then Space Station Freedom uh, in Washington, D.C., I think he told me. And uh, 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 they didn't really like being in Washington, D.C. And then this came up that Air Force wanted to buy Discovery outright, write a $2 billion check, and this baby's ours. And then they built the infrastructure there. And what you have there is the pad is actually also the VAB, right, Marty? The pad doesn't move. They move that USAF uh, there to the right, covers up the, the shuttle, and the other part to the right also covers it up, and they work on it in there. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Is that all far apart that the, that the, the structures are from this uh, 7 million pounds of thrust? Yeah. Uh, seven and a half million, Marty. Right. Seven and a half. He's nodding his head. Okay. Uh, and look at the mountains back there. The sound suppression system is roaring off of a, a, a gigantic uh, reservoir in the mountain area there. Quite a complex. And they built it, but they never launched from there uh, because of uh, Challenger, I think. Not the shuttle, at least. Uh, Challenger happened. Right. And, and Charlie Mars, we've got a wonderful program where he talks about this old school ways with with uh marty and draw i mean pictures and so forth and uh we'll have to get him on here uh, well we'll get well, we're gonna have charlie back for sure because i just I, he can talk for an hour about that picture and you folks have never seen this picture aerial photo i'll bet you there's all kinds of permission to take this all right because uh, you don't get up in the air on vandenberg top secret military base without a, a lot of clearance there but that's enterprise on a fit check and uh, Charlie uh, has said on our State Curious program and many times privately to me that he really worried about the sound suppression bouncing off the mountains. And what would be the problem with that? It knocking off tile on the belly of the shuttle because that tile was on there glued, not not super glued. All right. <laughs> on there because Space of glue. the innate nature of the, of the tile having to perform in reentry. So. 
but it was never used for that. And uh, spent a little too much more, more time than I was going to on the shuttle here at Vandenberg. But they mothballed it in Slick 6. Uh, Space Launch Complex 6. Slick 6 is forevermore uh, the former place where they were going to, the Department of Defense was going to launch. The other reason I wanted to point out why this didn't come into fruition, because of the t increased technology of the digital world, and, and uh, the Air Force decided that it was cheaper to make unmanned uh, reconnaissance aircraft, spy satellites like Big Bird, the KH-11 and 12, were designed to be put in the cargo bay. Of, actually, the cargo bay of the shuttle was designed to the specifications of the Air Force to put uh, clandestine spy satellites in there, including Big Bird, a very famous one. Uh, and uh, 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 so there was no need for it to be there as a defense department. Why, why risk four lives of astronauts, uh, which is the minimum crew you want to fly, uh, to go to space to put a, a satellite up there when now they're getting digital technology and all that come online. So helping you stay curious here today. And there's another view of Slick 6 uh, covered up the way it was going to be with the shuttle underneath there. Very close to the pa the ocean, of course, in case anything goes wrong. Uh, uh, and uh, like the astronauts could survive a ditch in the ocean. I'm not sure about that. We're so suits. we're so grateful nothing nothing ever happened at, uh, uh, during the launch that uh, except the Challenger. Pardon me. They want to mention they launched south. And they may want to mention they marched south, Marty. Yes, all of the reason why this is here is to launch south. Uh, as we look at uh, Slick Five being demolished by SpaceX, who took it over. Uh, is to get the equatorial spin, all right, uh, uh, the, uh, the spin of the Earth to go, not equatorially, but go north and south. And because spy satellites going north and south over the Earth, the Earth is turning under you, so it's quicker to maneuver that satellite and get over a hot spot, all right, within 24 hours. You can't do that when you're going around the Earth's equator because of the physics of, of, of orbital mechanics you expend more fuel trying to go up and down uh, in there. But if you go polar, you get to see every point in the... In right. The if you go polar, you can see the entire Earth eventually. Exactly. And, 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 it's uh, all the and logistics. Uh, uh, yeah, it's all the logistics in there. And that's why Vandenberg is the important Space Force base that it is for America's security. There it is again, another slick, uh, not sure which one that is. That's the one It looks like it's got a United Launch Alliance uh, rocket on it there. And there is a beautiful Launch Alliance rocket there going up to space uh, with a, a, a National Reconnaissance uh, Organization rocket. Uh, and imagine you're just, uh, Jessica, where, where where was this from, you think? And how far away? 20 miles? Not even. The telephoto lens and... Oh, gosh, yeah. No, PA was able to, public affairs at the base was able to get the real good spots, and so they would release the... So you're out hanging your laundry somewhere oh, yeah. in a suburb yeah. around here, and then all of a sudden you see a rocket on base go up there, and it wasn't announced, and you're going, damn, that's got three three barrels on it there. That, yeah. And uh, what does it sound like? Uh, very similar to the sound here, you know. Uh-huh living as close as we do it was it was about the same distance away where we were on base well that sound being a, ro a low rumble that kind of builds up windows, bigger stuff like that to, a little bit. Uh, and uh, we're going to show a video here that we'll describe for our spotify and apple podcast listeners 
uh, here in just just a minute. Uh, uh, there's another launch again from another uh, pad. Uh, those rolling hills. The rolling hills going in there, and uh, that I'll bet uh, it took a while for that uh, exhaust to dissipate. It does. It seems like it would lay around there more unless you had a windy day, and of course a very windy day you're not going to launch. So. Uh, kind of a catch-22 there. Uh, so that kind of seems hazardous to me, to the workers, with all of that laying around there. But, uh, hey, it is top secret. So they dispense masks or something for you secretly. Well, here we got a little gif of, of uh, Jessica. This is a, uh, uh, a SpaceX time. launch, time exposure. Uh, that is Los LA. Angeles over... Uh, is, what? No, what, what town is that? It's L.A. That's L.A. So you're way closer to L.A. than you are San Francisco. So this is looking north because the rocket launches south. So when the rocket launches towards L.A. Oh, I got you. Okay. Things. Okay. So it's a suburb of L.A. You're looking, you're like west of L.A. No, you're north, northwest. Okay. No, yeah. You're, you're, yeah. Northwest of L.A. So when this rocket and, uh, launches to the south, like Marty said, you get this cool effect in the sky. So many pictures. People were on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, God, I thought I saw a UFO. And it's Los Angeles, so they yeah. can think of anything yeah. going wild. on there. But look at how that beautiful the, the trail is, like we usually see. And this, uh, that is at separation, and the first stage is coming back. And the exhaust of the first stage that you saw come back off to the right, I noticed there is what the plume is creating by I that. saved the file name with the ISO setting. It's 1200 ISO. Okay, 1200 ISO. And see the rocket coming back to the right there off of there. I so, know yeah. you know what that means. Yeah, that, that, it's very sensitive. It's, it's uh, uh, not your normal 400 type of thing there. All right. Awesome. So there's a little, and we're looking at the lights of L.A., and the rocket goes up in a streak, and then it blows up into this big jellyfish, blue-looking so thing. So cool. And, and Marty, I think some of that is exhaust to the first stage being uh, uh, deplenished as the second stage ignites. It, it uh, uh, illuminates it. And we haven't seen this view for a while. Uh, there, were, there was a series of shots where for a while we saw that jellyfish. huge jellyfish there. And it's also twilight, which is catching some twilight there. So, all right. Well, we, we got one more video to take you out on, but we wanted to remember our Skylab 4 crew that in 1960, 1974 was halfway through their 84 days in space. This is day 43 in space for the Skylab crew launched November 16, 1974. I love my button there. Uh, Skylab support, support crew. crew. Okay. I've been wearing this throughout the whole mission because we've got uh, in the middle there, Ed Gibson's 87 years old, and we want to get Ed on the program here. So, you know, I'll do anything I can to get, make our guests feel welcome here. Uh, and uh, But he lives here on the Space Coast. And Charlie, please give him a call and tell him we want to talk to him before February 8th when he gets down from Skylab 4. Uh, in 1974, which is carry the how many years ago is that? 40, uh, uh, 74 is uh, 48, uh, gonna be 48 years ago, 47 years ago. Uh, only because I got a 50th high school reunion coming around the corner, can I do cipher that math? Uh, but yeah, we need Ed on the program here, he's a great guy. We lost Bill Pogue, uh, 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 over 10 years ago, I think, somewhere in that regard. Uh, he was a wonderful Space Coast 
uh, astronaut. And Jerry Carr, we lost two years ago, I believe. Uh, he was in his late 80s. Uh, Jerry was the rookie commander of this mission. And Pogue and Jerry grew these big bushy beers up there. Uh, and uh, so uh, we'll have to... So, but we want to remember those guys halfway through their historic 84 days in space on Skylab, the third crewed mission. And uh, that stood for over a decade as one of the as 84 days is the longest time uh, anybody was in space. So aren't you ready for that video? Yeah, we're going to take you out to one more rocket launch at Vandenberg as we look back on the history of 123 launches done in Vandenberg at the height of the Cold War in 1966. Uh, many of those were Minuteman nuclear missiles. Uh, some of those were uh, uh, some nuclear submarines, I'm sure, were hovering out there, launching a few. Uh, uh, um, oh, what's the ICB? Intercontinental ballistic missiles uh, that uh, were, were developed very quickly here at Cape Canaveral and Vandenberg Air Force Base. So, real bad photo edit. And that's cool. Looking in the rear. Jessica's looking in the rearview mirror of Vandenberg as she's become a valuable asset. Just not uh, to us here at the American Space Museum, but she and her husband works in the space industry, and we're happy to have we them like on board. And they like it here, and the daughter's getting a good education here. So, let's look at this last video which uh, is some from your friends. Elena uh, Afferbaugh and Megan, you have it written down. Uh, Elena Afferbaugh and Megan Emily Agrest, Agresti, Agresti. Yep. Uh, My and, Vandenberg uh, spouses. All right, your Vandenberg spouses out there. Here's a twilight shot. So the, you guys should be able to hear the audio. SpaceX, okay. it's a big ball of fire at the launch pad as you're looking at the mountains in the distance. You're probably good 30 miles away here looking over the desert 20. about 20 okay and the fireball lights up because on video you don't see you don't see the rocket it's a beautiful twilight with the pinkish horizon and the violet blue now that's getting up into there and pretty soon you're going to see a cod trail go behind it there and uh, the contrail is when it's hitting uh, maximum G forces as well so as, it's, the as the interface. Now here's the rump, rumble. Ooh, excuse me. They were like, oh man, this is going to be real pretty. Yeah, I can hear a little bit of rumble there. Uh, and, and Jessica, again, was talking how these are wildly different launches. The people, there's not even many road uh, turnoffs. There's the, the moon over there on the right. Uh, there's not many moon turnoffs that uh, you can... Uh, uh, watch, away. watch. So a lot of people are over 20 miles away. And then once the second stage separated and is on its way, the first stage plume of exhaust is illuminated, uh, we're looking at here, like a cloud illuminated like a light bulb, like an incandescent bulb from inside. And at the bottom, you see the jellyfish developing as the first stage is coming back to land, which, by the way, 100 times Elon Musk Falcon 9 has landed. And that reminds me that Char uh, and, and we're going to ask you, Marty and I are going to do tomorrow a top 10 list of uh, uh, our space history uh, in 2021. Where does the 100th landing of a Falcon 9 stack up? You might say, is it in our top 10? Well, that's to tease you all to watch tomorrow. And thank you very much, Jessica, for the inside look at Vandenberg there. Um, a, a nice little program that I pulled together here. Uh, 
uh, in the just, rear view. And we're in the rear view. Leave that up there. That looks so cool. Vandenberg, of course, they've replaced that with Space Force Base since you've been there. And uh, is the weather like, uh, does it get very cold there? Not really. Not, there so, was no air conditioning. And no air base, conditioning. the house is on base. At the houses on base had no air no conditioning. Air conditioning wow. The average temperature. So Walmart had the largest fan section uh, you've ever seen, probably. I got me a window <laughs> unit, and it was on blast. Oh, yeah, you got a window air AC in there. Well, at <laughs> any rate, sorry for uh, uh, Dave staying up there in Michigan. And, and uh, 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 we've got uh, uh, Laskers up there. And Christopher Mix watching. Christopher Mix always watching. Thank you, Christopher, for telling your friends to watch. And we'll meet Christopher Mick one day. He said he's coming here in March. And uh, so we'll look forward to having you on the other side of the camera. Uh, he's a STEAM educator there. And uh, I don't have my list in front of me, but I know Hazel Banks is watching here in Merritt Island. She's one of our solid volunteers here. We love you, Hazel, for all you've done for our museum. And what has she, she done? She sent us money regularly as one of her favorite nonprofits. And we've also got... Uh, the likes. Uh, uh, the likes you can send us money all kinds of ways but i'm not going to get into that because uh we'll get a little carried away we're going to have some vehicles next year for you all to help us many of you have helped us and we appreciate that so much because we wouldn't be able to be on spotify apple uh on audio podcast without the equipment that we bought this year thanks to a, a nice endowment from the louise g west uh endowment fund in your contributions so uh, we look forward to you liking us, sharing us, following us, and telling your friends to subscribe to us. YouTube is getting big for us. Thank you much. There's more than just stay curious on YouTube. There's a cool, if you like rocket explosions, there's a whole reel of those on there. And some interviews with Fred Hayes, uh, our favorite astronaut, uh, board member emeritus here, and so on and so forth. So... So come back tomorrow when Marty and I have put together a top 10 list of what happened in 2021. What's your top 10 events, all right? Well, we've got our own list, and we want you to be prepared with yours to chime in tomorrow. Jessica will be here helping us with the board, and we're going to get a whole bunch of things developed over here before the, uh, this week to be ready for 2020. Why? So we could 2022. 2022 next year. All right. We want you to be with us as we stay curious in 2022. I'm Mark Marquette, bridging the space between us.